Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirchner. Glenn's long-form weekend podcast this time features reform of the executive branch and the legal recap of the week. First up, the firing of Tucker Carlson from Fox News and the testimony of Mike Pence to the grand jury about the January 6th insurrection. Welcome, friends, to our weekend edition of Justice Matters. And what a week it's been. A vice president of the United States testified for eight hours before a federal grand jury investigating the crimes of the president he served. That's historic. I mean, it's beyond historic. And you know what it shows us, friends? It is a demonstration of special counsel Jack Smith moving in the direction of accountability. America so desperately needs and wants and deserves accountability. You know, friends, we're thirsty for justice, and it looks like Jack Smith is about to open the bar. So yes, we have plenty to talk about, and we're gonna start with our typical legal recap, running through the biggest legal stories of the week, and then we're gonna move on to our reform discussion. But today, I'm not gonna talk so much about the need to reform anything in particular in our government, We're gonna talk about the desperate need for the executive branch to simply do its job. What we've seen just over the course of the last week, some of what has been exposed about, for example, the Ted Cruz's of the world, Ted, who transparently and nefariously tried to undermine, if not outright overturn, the results of the 2020 presidential election by doing what? By suggesting that a sham commission was what was needed to overturn the will of the American voters. We just need a commission to say that there was election fraud, so the commission could declare Trump the winner because that apparently is the hidden clause of the U.S. Constitution. You know, it's not the lawlessness of Ted Cruz and his ilk that surprises us or that shocks us or that is the problem. It's not the insurrectionists in Congress that are the problem. It's not the rot, corruption, and compromise at the Supreme Court that is the problem. You know what the problem is? And you know what the remedy is, friends? 
it is the government in particular, the executive branch needing to simply do its job. And that's what we're going to talk about after we quickly run through our legal recap. And let's start with a fun topic. Tucker Carlson fired from Fox. To quote Monty Python, and there was much rejoicing. Tucker Carlson is no longer spewing what he knew to be lies. He was caught in his own emails, you know, spewing his lies night after night. And the fact that he has been fired is a really good thing for America, for the truth, for facts, for accuracy, and for the rule of law. You know, firing Tucker Carlson is like unloading a disinformation gun or diffusing a propaganda bomb. It's a good day for America. But I'm not going to waste any more breath on Tucker Carlson. I'm sure he'll pop up elsewhere and we'll turn our attention back to him then. But at the moment, we are blissfully Tucker free. So let's turn our attention to a truly historic event because a former vice president of the United States appeared before a federal grand jury and testified for eight hours about the crimes of the very president he served. That is, in a word, historic. And let's talk about why Mike Pence's testimony is so damned important. Everything we've heard from Mike Pence thus far is not all that admissible in a court of law. What do I mean by that? Well, Mike Pence wrote a book relating some of Donald Trump's incriminating statements. Mike Pence wrote op-eds about his experience in the run-up to and on January 6th. We saw Mike Pence give media interviews relating some of what Donald Trump said and did, but friends, none of that matters all that much in a court of law. More precisely, none of it can be used by prosecutors in a court of law in the way prosecutors want and need to use that information. So we're going to take a few minutes and do a little Team Justice Law School class here today on why it is so important that Mike Pence was questioned under oath in an official proceeding that is the grand jury hearing. And yes, those are legal buzzwords that I'm using there. Because when you say something on TV or in an op-ed, it doesn't mean much. But when you say something under oath in an official proceeding, it means a whole lot when it comes to the ability of prosecutors to use your statements in a criminal trial. So first of all, let me back up because remember during the January 6th House Select Committee hearings that were broadcast, we all saw them for ourselves. We heard a lot of testimony from people about hearsay statements. Okay, what is a hearsay statement? A hearsay statement is an out-of-court statement offered in court to prove the truth of the matter asserted. Yes, I know that's not helpful because it's legalese. It's mumbo jumbo. But we'll get back to hearsay statements in a minute. 
The testimony that we saw during the January 6th committee hearings, for example, the testimony of that brave young White House employee, Cassidy Hutchinson, she testified that White House counsel Pat Cipollone told me that Donald Trump said X, Y, and Z. Cassidy Hutchins testified that Mark Meadows, former chief of staff, told me that Donald Trump said X, Y, and Z. That's all hearsay. Now remember, it was pretty important hearsay because Cassidy Hutchinson said, Mark Meadows went to Donald Trump and said, your supporters are, are saying they wanna hang Mike Pence. And Donald Trump said he was kinda okay with that because Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what was right. Mike Pence kinda had it coming, so Donald Trump didn't wanna do anything to put a stop to it. So Mark Meadows told Cassidy Hutchinson that Donald Trump didn't think his supporters were doing anything wrong by wanting to hang Mike Pence. But that, my friends, is hearsay. Cassidy Hutchinson said that Mark Meadows said that Donald Trump said something. That is not all that valuable to prosecutors in a criminal trial because it's not admissible, not in a court of law. But you know when it becomes valuable? When a witness goes before the grand jury, that is an official proceeding, is placed under oath and relates statements that came right out of the mouth of the orange horse himself. And that's what Mike Pence can, and I'm quite sure did, testify to during those eight hours that he appeared before the grand jury investigating the crimes, the democracy-busting crimes of Donald Trump. Okay, now let me jump back into our Crim Law 101 or our Rules of Evidence 101 class. And I wanna try to explain the difference between Mike Pence putting something in a book and Mike Pence testifying under oath at an official proceeding like a grand jury hearing. So let's put some factual meat on these bones. Let's assume Mike Pence is called as a witness in the criminal prosecution, the case of United States versus Donald J. Trump for the insurrection, for criminal charges arising out of Donald Trump's attempt to unconstitutionally retain the power of the presidency after losing the 2020 election. And Mike Pence is asked this question by the prosecutor at trial. Mr. Pence, didn't Donald Trump tell you that if you didn't go along with his corrupt scheme and refuse to certify Joe Biden's election win that you were a wimp and a pussy? I apologize, friends, I'm quoting the actual language here that's been reported. Didn't Donald Trump tell you you were a wimp, you were a pussy, and that he made the wrong decision by choosing you to be his vice president? Didn't he say those things to you, sir? Let's assume Mike Pence answers. His answer is, uh, not, not really, I don't think so, I don't recall, I was exaggerating, I was taking liberties with what he was telling me, and, so, you know, Mike Pence does what Mike Pence can be expected to do, kind of mealy mouths and, and half steps and backtracks and walks back, and he doesn't want to be a strong witness against Donald Trump. So he ends up lying, basically. 
And when a witness lies in court, what do prosecutors do? What do criminal litigators do? They impeach the witness, meaning they confront the witness with other statements the witness made to try to get the witness to tell the truth. So let's break this down into two scenarios. One, where all the prosecutors have are Mike Pence's out-of-court statements, his book, his op-ed, his media interviews, and then a second one where they have his sworn testimony in an official proceeding before the grand jury. So if you only have Mike Pence's book, for example, and you try to impeach Mike Pence by saying, but, but you put these things in your book? You said he, he, he called you this and he called you that and he pressured you and he tried to corruptly get you to refuse to certify Joe Biden's win. And Mike Pence continues to mealy mouth, well, not really, it may be in my book, but I took liberties with the facts, I exaggerated. Well, here's the problem. All the jury knows is that it may be in Mike Pence's book but because Mike Pence was never willing to admit it under oath in an official proceeding, there's no evidence of it. It's all hearsay. It can't be used as what's called substantive evidence to prove the case. And the prosecutors are stuck with Mike Pence's mealy-mouthed answers. That's what happens if you only have Mike Pence's book, op-ed, and media interviews when this case is finally prosecuted in court. But guess what? If you have Mike Pence under oath before the grand jury and the prosecutors questioned him, Mr. Vice President, didn't you put these things in your book and say these things in your op-ed and give these media interviews about what Donald Trump said to you and tried to do to you, didn't you do all that and wasn't all of that truthful and accurate to the best of your recollection, sir? And friends, in that secret proceeding behind closed doors, under the penalties of perjury, I have a strong suspicion Mike Pence told the truth. He admitted that all of those things happened. And once Mike Pence admits to those things under oath in an official proceeding, which I strongly suspect he did, bam! You know what that means, friends? Now that testimony that he gave before the grand jury is substantive evidence. So let's take that grand jury transcript of Mike Pence's testimony and go back to court in the prosecution of Donald Trump and ask Mike Pence the same questions. sir. Didn't Donald Trump call you a wimp and a pussy and try to get you to do those things? And now Mike Pence says, oh, no, not really. I was taking liberties. I was exaggerating. Oh, really? Well, sir, didn't you appear before the grand jury on April, whatever the date was? Weren't you administered an oath and didn't you raise your right hand and swear to tell the truth? And didn't you answer the following question? in the following way when you were questioned by the prosecutor before the grand jury, sir, didn't Donald Trump call you a wimp and a pussy and try to coerce you into doing those things just like you put in your book and your op-ed and just like you said in media interviews? And sir, you answered 
Yes, he did. And you were under oath, weren't you? And at that point, friends, that grand jury transcript is what we call substantive evidence. It can go back to the jury during deliberations and the jury can rely on it, use it as evidence to convict Donald Trump. Whereas if all they had was a book and an op-ed and some media appearances by Mike Pence, that could not be used to convict Donald Trump because that wouldn't be admissible evidence. Once it's in the grand jury, under oath, an official proceeding, it's locked in and it becomes admissible and it can be used to convict Donald Trump. That's why it's so important for all relevant witnesses to be placed before the grand jury because it converts their statements into admissible evidence that can be used at trial. And I hope I explained that in a way that is understandable by everyone who is kind enough to join me on today's podcast. I feel like I could do a whole semester's worth of this topic. But I want to move on to one last development regarding Mike Pence because I think it's important. We are forever talking about the need to prove Donald Trump's corrupt intent. Oh my goodness. We can prove his corrupt intent, his guilty state of mind, his criminal mens rea over and over and over again, well beyond a reasonable doubt. Frankly, it's an absurd discussion that we continue to have. The evidence of his corrupt intent is so overwhelming that it drives me crazy that some people think it's still worth debating. One statement in particular, let me use as an example. When Donald Trump was told by his DOJ officials, uh, Mr. President, there is no fraud undermining the election's results. What did Donald Trump say? I don't care. Just say there was and leave the rest to me and my Republican allies in Congress. Friends, take it from this old prosecutor. That is conclusive proof beyond a reasonable doubt that Donald Trump's intent is corrupt, was corrupt, has always been corrupt. But here's the good news. Mike Pence actually ups the ante on evidence of Donald Trump's corrupt intent. Here's how. In his book, Mike Pence said that Donald Trump kept pressuring him and pressuring him and pressuring him. And at one point, Donald Trump said, you know what your problem is, Mike? You're too honest. Bingo. That is evidentiary manna from heaven. Because what does that statement prove? It proves that Donald Trump knew that what he was urging Mike Pence to do was dishonest. Hello, corrupt intent. You know, friends, the only thing standing between Donald Trump and a federal felony conviction is a federal indictment. And it sure feels like Jack Smith is headed in that direction. Coming up next, is there any way to stop Donald Trump from posting threats to judges, prosecutors, jurors, and their families? This is Justice Matters. Ah. <sighs> 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Former President Trump continues to post insults, threats, and demeaning comments about people who were involved in his New York trials. Is he getting special treatment? Here's Gwen. Okay, friends, the next legal story, and this one really hacks me off, gets me angry and agitated and animated, because not one but two judges in New York have thus far been unwilling to hold Donald Trump accountable or to try to stop in any way his dangerous posts, his reckless posts, his threatening posts that are designed to interfere in ongoing cases, both the E. Jean Carroll case that's presently in trial and the New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg's criminal prosecution of Donald Trump. Donald Trump continues to threaten judges and their families, prosecutors and their families, grand jurors, trial jurors, anybody and everybody he perceives as his enemy. He posts all sorts of threatening and fraudulent and reckless claims designed to interfere in ongoing investigations and prosecutions. And everybody is forever adjusting their behavior as a result of Donald Trump's behavior. Judges and prosecutors have to put extra security in place. Jurors have to be anonymous to prevent Donald Trump from doxing them, you know, publishing their names, saying and doing things that will inspire his supporters to put them in harm's way, to harass them. And here's the part that angers me. It got so bad that the judge presiding over the E. Jean Carroll trial, in which the jury is anonymous, nobody, the parties, the attorneys, they don't know the names or the identities of these jurors. The judge put that safeguard in place to protect against Donald Trump putting those jurors in harm's way. Well, it didn't stop with the jury being anonymous. The judge actually told the jurors, you know what? You probably shouldn't even tell each other your names. You shouldn't even share with your fellow jurors your true names, your true identities. Here's the quote from the judge. If you're a Bill, you can be a John for a week. Friends, that is damaging 
to the legal system. It's detrimental to jury deliberations. These individuals, these jurors, will be asked to participate in deliberations. They will be asked to fully and openly and candidly, truthfully, honestly discuss very difficult issues regarding the evidence in the case, who they should find for in the E. Jean Carroll versus Donald Trump litigation. But we want them to lie to one another about their names and their identities. That's twisted. That everybody in the process has to adjust their behavior except Donald Trump. Why in the hell has no judge put a gag order on that loudmouth orange danger to society? You know, judges could easily craft a narrowly tailored restriction on his speech and on his posts to put a stop to what he has been doing. But rather than doing that, every other human being involved in the process has to adjust their behavior. So Donald Trump can continue doing what he's been doing with his reckless, dangerous, and threatening speech and posts. That's insanity. That's a system of justice out of control, unable or unwilling to exercise some common sense. And I, for one, hope some judge steps up and places a gag order on Donald Trump. And then when he violates it, the judge should hold him in contempt. Not rocket science, friends. Coming up next, former New York prosecutor Mark Pomerantz is preparing to testify to Jim Jordan's House Judiciary Committee about the ongoing Trump hush money case. Will he be able to damage the case? This is Justice Matters. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has withdrawn his appeal to block former New York prosecutor Mark Pomerantz from testifying to the House Judiciary Committee about his investigation of Donald Trump. But Bragg now has a way to make sure no damaging information is revealed. Here's Glenn. Okay, last story. And for this one, we need to revisit the Jim Jordan clown show, right? His absurd little congressional committee that should really be named Jim Jordan's committee to aid and abet Donald Trump. Technically, they call it the House Judiciary Committee in Republican control. 
and you've seen it operate. It is as incompetent and as nefarious as the day is long. But you probably remember that Jim Jordan issued a subpoena to one of the prosecutors who had been investigating the crimes of Donald Trump in New York, Mark Pomerantz. And after Jordan subpoenaed Pomerantz, the New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg filed a lawsuit to try to put a stop to that subpoena, to try to prevent Pomerantz from having to testify before Congress about the criminal investigation he, Pomerantz, conducted of Donald Trump while Pomerantz was a member of the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. And then you probably saw what happened. A Trump-appointed judge, Judge Mary K. Viscoshiel, ruled against Bragg. Bragg appealed. And then we learned that Bragg withdrew his appeal, which was interesting and a little curious. But we learned that Bragg had negotiated some favorable terms with Jim Jordan's committee regarding Pomerant's appearance and his testimony. What were those terms? Well, most importantly, Alvin Bragg's general counsel, Leslie Dubeck, who has proven herself to be a real force and a real fighter for justice in this matter, Bragg's general counsel will be sitting shoulder to shoulder with Mark Pomerantz when he testifies, and she can object and put a stop to any inappropriate questions from Jim Jordan or his merry band of lackeys and flunkies and sycophants. You know, any of the questions Pomerantz might be asked that could damage the ongoing prosecution and investigations in New York. So basically, Bragg will be able to protect the integrity of his case against Donald Trump. It won't be compromised in any way. But more importantly, Mark Pomerantz will get to answer whatever questions Mark Pomerantz thinks he should answer or he'd like to answer. Like, how is it that you concluded there was enough evidence to indict and convict Donald Trump in New York, Mr. Pomerantz? Friends, Mark Pomerantz was a mafia prosecutor, an organized crime prosecutor. He prosecuted John Gotti. You think he's going to get the better of Jim Jordan when Jim starts yammering out questions to him? Mark Pomerantz will verbally tap dance all over Jim Jordan's head. So to Jim Jordan, I say, buckle up, buttercup. You are about to be made to look foolish. I know, I know Jim Jordan needs no help in that regard. You know, all of this is probably the reason Jim Jordan wants to question Pomerantz behind closed doors rather than publicly so we can all see Jordan exposed for the yammering, nefarious fool that he is. Coming up next, Senator Ted Cruz has been caught on tape plotting how to steal the 2020 election for Trump. What can we do about corruption in Congress? This is Justice Matters. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In this week's segment on reform, Senator Ted Cruz was caught on a hot mic recording with Fox host Maria Bartiromo discussing how to rig the 2020 election for Donald Trump. And Justice Clarence Thomas has been caught accepting high-end gifts without reporting them. How can we check and balance the judicial and legislative branches of our government? Here's Glenn. Okay, friends, let's turn our attention to reform. And today, I don't want to so much talk about one aspect of our government or of our criminal justice system or the Department of Justice or other institutions of government that need to be reformed in some specific way. I want to talk about one thing, just one thing that can be done, should be done, I would go so far as to say must be done, if we are expected to move out of this quagmire, you know, this morass in which we find ourselves. You know, I think this morass can probably best be summed up by calling it the unaccountability problem. Because we have a problem, a problem with the ruling class criminals going completely unaccountable for their crimes. But their crimes against the people of the United States, their crimes in violation of federal law. And there is actually an easy fix for this one. But I want to start this discussion by addressing the corruption du jour by a particularly odious politician, Ted Cruz. Because we just learned, courtesy of some recordings that were revealed as part of the defamation litigation, the lawsuit that Dominion Voting Systems brought against the Fox network, that would be the litigation that just resulted in Fox having to pay more than three quarters of a billion dollars to settle that suit. And that's just for openers because there are a lot more lawsuits coming. It, you know, it may only be a matter of time before Fox goes belly up, crawls back into its foxhole, never to be seen again. And we'll see. But what we learned in recent days was Ted Cruz, in a conversation that was recorded with Fox host Maria Bartiromo, goes like this. Question from Maria Bartiromo. Who's deciding who gets inaugurated? Answer from Ted Cruz. Well, it would be the results of that commission and what they find. And if they find credible evidence of fraud that undermines confidence in the electoral results in any given state, well, they would report on that. 
Now, friends, there's a lot more to the tapes and to the conversation than that, but make no mistake about it, at its core, Ted Cruz is basically saying, is advocating for, is pushing for a sham commission to be put in place to negate the expressed will of the American voters about who should be president. You know, election results be damned. Vote count? <laughs> you can't rely on that. What we need is to, is to put a commission in place, a commission that can find evidence of fraud and then just announce that Biden loses and Trump wins. That's the, the hidden clause of the Constitution that nobody but Ted Cruz knows about. You know, friends, that's undemocratic, unpatriotic, and flat out despicable. And it's so disrespectful of the American people, Ted. But here's the thing, friends. America's problem is not Ted Cruz advocating for a phony commission to negate the will of the American voters. America's problem is not the rot and corruption and compromise at the Supreme Court, exemplified by Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch. America's problem is not insurrectionists in Congress or the representatives who asked for pardons because they desperately wanted to get away with the crimes they committed in connection with the insurrection, the attempted overthrow of our democracy. No, criminals gonna crime. Politicians and Supreme Court justices are going to keep doing what they're doing and none of that is really America's main problem. America's main problem is the chronic unwillingness of the executive branch to flex its co-equal branch of government muscle to check and balance the judicial and legislative branches. Friends, as long as we remain unchecked and imbalanced, crime and corruption in Congress and at the high court and elsewhere will flourish. You know, accountability for the crime and corruption in Congress and at the Supreme Court and elsewhere is the only fix for what ails America. One thing we can be certain of, if you don't hold Ted Cruz and Jim Jordan and MTG and Gomer and Biggs and Perry and all these democracy-busting clowns accountable for their crimes, well, the criming won't stop. In fact, I would bet one dollar, I'm not a high roller, one dollar is my betting limit, I would bet a buck that if you don't hold these democracy-busting clowns accountable, criminal conduct will continue, it will accelerate, and it will get even more dangerous to the health, the vitality, indeed the viability of our democracy. Bad behavior unchecked only gets worse. Similarly, if we don't take on the corruption and compromise at the Supreme Court, where it's clear people like Thomas Gorsuch, Roberts, and others, because I'm sure there are more 
you know, financial disclosure crime shoes to drop. If we don't take it on, their corruption will continue and will accelerate. Bad behavior unchecked gets worse. You know, another sad example in the judicial branch, the justices who misrepresented their views about Roe v. Wade under oath during their confirmation hearing testimony before the Senate. You know the ones, the ones who said, huh, Madam Senator, Mr. Senator, Roe versus Wade is settled precedent. Starry decisis. It's entitled to respect. It's been affirmed several times over. Roe v. Wade has nothing to fear from me if confirmed. And then the moment they got confirmed, they walked that precedent deep into the woods and shot it dead. They misrepresented their views under oath, and that needs to be criminally investigated because crime unchecked will continue and bad behavior will only get worse. But friends, there's a simple fix for all that ails America in this regard. The simple fix is for the executive branch the Department of Justice, the FBI, to investigate suspected crime. You know, if you committed a crime, if I committed a crime, we would be investigated. And if the evidence warranted it, we would be indicted. We would be prosecuted. That's kind of the way law enforcement authority of the executive branch is supposed to work. All the executive branch needs to do is flex its co-equal branch of government muscle and do what it is supposed to do, investigate suspected crimes of judges who may have lied in their confirmation hearings, in their determination to become Supreme Court justices, investigate the obvious exposed corruption, right? The failures in violation of our nation's law of those justices to accurately report things on their financial disclosure forms, particularly these things that would represent a conflict of interest or compromise their ability to sit fairly in judgment in a particular case, investigate them. Investigate the insurrectionists who were allowed with impunity to run for reelection so they could more firmly entrench themselves in our government and try to end our democracy from within. You know, just investigate them. Investigate their crimes. Hold them accountable. The members of Congress who sought pardons because they knew they had committed crimes on and around January 6th, and they desperately wanted to get away with those crimes. Investigate them. Hold them accountable. This is not rocket science. It's what the executive branch, a co-equal branch of government, is supposed to do. Investigate the crimes in the legislative branch, in the judicial branch, and yes, in your own damn branch, executive branch, if there are crimes that have been committed. The fix for what ails America is the executive branch the law enforcement agencies of government simply doing their jobs. Because if you don't do your job, 
If you don't enforce the laws against the ruling class criminals, then friends, we are lost. And we are doing little more than slouching toward the end of our republic. Friends, as always, thank you for joining me today for our long-form Justice Matters audio podcast. If you would like to find me other places on other platforms, you can go to my YouTube channel, Justice Matters with Glenn Kirshner. I post a legal analysis video every day, seven days a week, and we're going to keep getting after it, friends, until, until we can take a break. You know, once it seems like justice is, if not here, is at least on the horizon, you know, in a form that can be seen and we can feel confident that it's coming. You can also find me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, Glenn Kirshner 2 on those platforms, Glenn Kirshner and then the number 2. If you're more interested in more formally supporting our all-volunteer efforts, our mission, our content here at Justice Matters, please feel free to come on over to patreon.com. You can sign up to become a patron and get all kinds of behind-the-scenes glimpses at what we do here and how we do it. And I'll also send you some Team Justice and Justice Matters stickers and a personal handwritten note of thanks. And friends, finally, if you're interested in true crime documentaries, I would invite you to watch a two-part documentary on Peacock streaming called Who Killed Robert Wan? It posted recently, and it's a, a case that I handled that is the most confounding case I prosecuted in my 30 years. There's a tip line embedded in the documentary, and I'm hoping, hoping that someday someone will call in a tip, some relevant, accurate information about, as the documentary is titled, Who Killed Robert Wan. That is a case that's near and dear to my heart. And friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon.